In the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. For all the kids up through the 12th grade, please come forward. morning everyone how are you do you know what season we have come into Lent what is Lent about what the weeks before Christ died and it helps us to walk in that journey doesn't it this season reminds us that we are called we first of all that we belong to Christ And that we are called to, just as Jesus sacrificed on the cross for our sins himself. So we are called to sacrifice two things in this life. So that it brings us more into a mindset of serving him and following him and loving him and being his. And I know that sometimes, I I, I grew up, any, any of you ever wake up in the morning and did not want to school, maybe go to go to school because maybe you had a, a test or or just didn't want to go that day and so you said I don't feel good anybody I see your hand going up I did when I was little I did that yeah did you ever do that no you like you like tests Ah, that's good. I'm, I'm glad you like school. Do you like school? Oh, you, you don't go to school, do you? No, he doesn't go. <laughs> yes, that's right. That's right. You know, I want to tell you, just as we are tempted, just as we are tempted, just as we are tempted, guess who else was tempted from our gospel reading today? Jesus. Jesus, where was he? Had he eaten breakfast that day? He ate nothing for how long? 40 days and 40 nights. Yeah. This is the airplane that he goes. Look at that. And Jesus, and so Jesus, for 40 days, and he didn't eat anything, did he? And who came to him? Satan, the devil. And what did the devil try to do? Test him. He said, if you will worship me and fall down before me, I'll give you everything. Didn't he? And what did Jesus do? Oh, that sounds nice. I mean, this was, this was probably pretty awful for Jesus to have these kinds of temptations, especially in his weakened, weakened state of not eating for 40 days and 40 nights. That's why the devil came, because he knew, he, think he, might, he thought he might be able to get Jesus. And so he tempted Jesus. If you fall down before me, I will give you everything. And what did Jesus do? No. No, he didn't, did he? He didn't do that. Yeah. Beep, beep. <laughs> beep, beep. <laughs> he didn't do that, did he? No. And so, and so he listened to God's voice and not the devil's voice. And I want you to know the devil comes to us all the time and tries to tempt us to turn us away from God. 
And I want to tell you to stay with God. Don't go with the devil. Stay with God. Because that's why we were created to be with God, not to be with the devil. The devil's going to lead us down the wrong road. God's going to lead us down the right road, holding our hand the whole way. So always pay attention to God. Don't listen to the devil's voice in this world. Listen to God's voice. Okay? Thank you for all coming up. And if you want to get a packet from Mr. Mark over here, you can. You want to go get a packet to color? You want to go color? Okay. There was a little turtle. He climbs the tree very, very slowly, very painfully. And then she she crawls along a branch to the very end. And when she finally gets to the edge of the branch, she jumps and she falls. But she doesn't get discouraged. So she walks to the tree, she climbs the tree Again, she crawls along the branch. She gets to the edge and she jumps, falls to the ground. Again, with a stubborn look on her face, the little turtle walks slowly to the tree again. She climbs the tree. She crawls along the branch. She gets to the edge and she jumps and falls to the ground. In a nearby tree, a couple of pigeons are looking at the little turtle walk, climb, crawl, jump, fall, all over again. And after a while, one of the pigeons asks the other, Hey, honey, don't you think it's time we tell her she's adopted? Today is the first Sunday in Lent. What I want to preach about today is what it means when we say we are lost. And I will be basing my sermon on the Garden of Eden because our first lesson is taken from the book of Genesis dealing with that Garden of Eden. It's the prime example of where everything began the prime example of why we are in the condition of being lost. It begins with Adam and Eve and the forbidden fruit and the disobedience. And the way I want to deal with this topic is by telling a story which I have told before, but I think it is very appropriate for this first Sunday in Lent, especially when our Old Testament reading is taken from Genesis. And I think this story speaks directly to the theme of being lost, of being broken, or as the church has always called it, being sinful. The story comes from Dr. Robert Ensign, and it goes like this. The darkness 
had long since closed in. The night wrapped its thick blanket around the house. And if a traveler happened to walk by, he would notice that the inside of the house was as dark as night itself. In a room upstairs, underneath the fluffy, warm covers, she lay sleeping and dreaming. She dreamed of a green, leafy garden and a waterfall splashing and singing by a clear water pool. Warm sun, easy shade, trees loaded with apples and grapes and pears and bananas, a cool breeze blowing, and there was a man, the man of her dreams. Together they'd run through the garden, laughing and singing, playing hide-and-go-seek like little children. They'd climb the trees, they would eat the fruit, they'd swim in the clear water of the pool and splash in the waterfall. They'd rest in the warm sun and the cool breeze. She remembers that one particular day when the two of them sat down beside the pool for a picnic of sorts. They stretched out, relaxed, and they took that one bite. The sky covered itself with thick clouds. The trees began to shake and drop their leaves. The cool breeze turned into a roaring hurricane. It sounded like a voice shouting at them, warning them, chilling them. But then she woke up. A night breeze had blown the window wide open, tearing the covers away from her. She jumped out of the bed with the fright, ran to the window, slammed it shut tight, stood there thinking. Yes, that dream again. That same dream she dreamed so many nights before, stretching all the way back to the night when the dream wasn't a dream at all, when it was real. The green garden, the cool breeze, the man. She looked at the clock, four o'clock in the morning. She climbed back into bed, snuggled again beneath the covers. She turned to the man who lay sleeping beside her. Adam, Adam, she called out. Huh? The man answered and then buried his head deeper in the pillow, drifted back to sleep. 4 a.m. in the morning, and she was wide awake. It always happened this way when she dreamed that dream of those days in the beautiful garden. She slid from beneath the covers, climbed out of bed, slipped on her robe, thinking she'd go downstairs, fix herself something warm to drink. As she walked toward the stairs, she passed three empty bedrooms where her three sons once stayed. Three sons, now gone. One son had died a cruel, senseless death. Another now wandered the earth carrying the guilt from that death. And the third son had long since left home to start a family of his own whose owns 
whose own sons and daughters had long since left home. She slowly stepped down the stairs and into the kitchen and fixed herself a warm drink, and then she sat down and sipped. She thought about her dream, the green garden, the cool breeze. She thought about herself and about the man who lay sleeping upstairs, the young man of her dreams who had now become the old man of her reality. Once they had all they ever needed. They had enough food, enough drink, enough work, enough rest, enough friendship, enough companionship, enough love, peace of mind. They had each other, but they wanted more. Once they had all they could ever have wanted, beautiful sights, sweet smells, pleasing sounds, delicious tastes, a comforting touch. They could run when they felt like running, sleep when they felt like sleeping, eat when they felt like eating, but they wanted more. Once they had a God above them, a God who loved them, who protected them, who cared for them, a God who gave them the freedom of the garden, who let them make up their own minds, who gave them just a few rules to keep them out of trouble, but they wanted more. They didn't just want the beautiful garden to live in and enough food to eat. They wanted to own the garden more. They didn't want just the sights and the sounds and the smells and the touches of the garden. They wanted to control the garden more. They didn't want a God above them, a God who loved them. They wanted to become like that God, to do whatever they wanted, to make their own rules, to eat from that one tree more. That word beat in their minds like a big bass drum. More, 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 more. That word became their obsession. More, more, more. That word became their only thought and their only desire. More, more, more. Until it just all went crash. And they lost everything. They lost the garden. They lost the cool breeze. And in some ways, they lost each other and themselves. They wanted more. They reached for more. They grabbed for more and ended up with nothing. She sipped at her drink and thought about the day they left the garden. She thought about the man sleeping upstairs and what he had done and what he had said, how he blamed her for the whole mess. This woman, he said, who you gave me, why the nerve of that man, the gall of that man, blaming her for his own foul up. Wasn't he man enough to take his own responsibility? Wasn't he man enough to take his own share of the blame without pitching it off on her? At that moment, she just felt like screaming at that man. But she stopped because she knew that she wanted him to take the whole blame, 
the whole responsibility and that's how they would live the rest of their lives outside of the garden always wanting more always blaming each other for wanting more she took another sip from her drink thought about her three sons yes they had all learned well from mom and dad they had all learned well always how always to grab for more they had learned well how to shove the blame onto somebody else anybody else Abel, the beautiful child, the golden boy, who wanted everything and somehow managed to get everything he wanted. Abel, who never seemed to make any mistakes except one, when one day he went for a walk with his brother. The first mistake. The last mistake. Cain, the ugly child, the outcast, who wanted everything his brother had blamed his brother when he didn't get it. Cain, who blamed his brother to the point that he knew that if he could just get rid of his brother, it would all be his. And then spent the rest of his life wandering the earth, carrying this load of guilt for murdering his brother, knowing that he could unload that terrible guilt if only someone would do to him what he had done to his brother. But no one ever would. Yes, she and Adam had taught them well about blaming and wanting more. They could see it in their third son, Seth, and his children, and their children, and their children, and their children. Generation after generation, they would always want more. And when they got more, they would want still more, still more. They would steal from each other because they wanted more. They would kill each other because they wanted more. They would fight wars, nation against nation, because they wanted more. And if it didn't work out, they would always find someone to blame. Blame the government. Blame the president. Blame the church. Blame the school. Blame the bureaucrats. Blame the news media. Blame their families, blame the next door neighbor, blame their bosses, blame their enemies, blame the dog, blame someone else. Yes, she and Adam had taught them well, and they would go on learning well. Parents taught children who taught their children. Even when they tried to teach their children not to do that, it almost seemed like it was some kind of a disease, a sickness passed from one generation to another. But when would it ever stop? She saw no hope, no hope at all for her children. She finished her drink and she set down her cup and yawned. Now she could go back to sleep once again and dream about that beautiful garden and the cool breeze once again a dream that would always stay just a dream, never a reality like it was so long ago. She dozed off to sleep. But this time, this time she dreamed a different dream, a new dream, a strange dream. This time she dreamed not of a beautiful green garden, but of a rough 
rocky hill. She dreamed not of splashing water and singing birds, but of a crowd shouting, crucify him, crucify him. She dreamed not of a man running through the forest and swimming in the pool and climbing the trees, but of a man hanging from a cross. One of her own children hanging from a cross. In her dream, she looked at her son and realized just how far they had come from those peaceful days in the garden. She looked at his hands and his feet And she saw those spikes ripping through the flesh. She looked at his face and at the pain, the anguish and the blood gushing from his head and flooding into his eyes. How could anyone ever want to do this? How could anyone have possibly done this to her son? She wanted to scream out, why? But then she stopped. And she realized who had done this to her son. She had. Adam had. Abel and Cain and Seth had. Their grandchildren had. Their grandchildren had. The people of 2023 had. The people of America and Iraq and Afghanistan and France and Germany and England and Russia and China and Ukraine had all done this to her son. Because on that cross hung a man who instead of saying more, said enough. On that cross hung a man who instead of blaming everyone else, finally said, I will take the blame. And maybe, just maybe, This dying man would take away that sickness, would wipe out that disease that her children pass from one generation to the next. Maybe this dying man could help them unlearn all that they had learned. A man who would one day take her and all of her children by the hand and lead them back. Back into that green garden. Back to that cool breeze back to the beautiful garden of Eve's dream. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.